Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Amen. Amen. And amen, and amen. Well, welcome to church. Welcome to Release, Release City. I guess I've been hanging out with, uh, with our daughters up from Alabama uh, with that accent, Release. Uh, welcome to Release City Church. We're so honored that you're here today. Those that are, that are tuned in through Facebook Live and podcast at a later date, we are honored that you are connecting with what God is doing in the small little town called Chiefland. I just got a suspicion that it's not going to be small forever. Those of you that have been holding on to the past, it's time to let go. (laughs) Okay, that went over like a hot air balloon. So a couple weeks ago, I kicked off this collection of talks on the subject, I have a promise. Everybody say, I have a promise. And then last week, Adam did such an amazing job. I was able, actually able to listen to uh, the message uh, before it went up on podcast this week and did a great job with part two and really just diving in. How many enjoyed that last week? Was that not good stuff? And so today is part three of I Have a Promise. If you'll just lean in with me real nice and just, just nice and consistent with me here for just a few moments, I got some things I just want to wrap up um, this, this collection of talks with you today. In case you didn't know, I had somebody say, man, I'm really digging that, that get up you got on, that, that outfit. I was like, what's part of the message? I mean, I can't always come up, I can't always ride in here on a John Deere tractor. I can't always, you know, um, uh, do the weights and all that stuff. But I don't think it's any surprise, you shouldn't be surprised to know that we are in a war. <clears throat> Our nation is in a war. I will never use this platform for any political view or political opinion. But I can tell you what the word of God says. And as we watch um, on the news and, 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 and the tragedy of shootings and all of these things, church, it is time to seek the heart of God and his presence more than ever. It's a promise that we have. I have a promise that he will never leave me. He will not forsake me. We're gonna dive in straight in head first into this today, but I'm telling you, we are in a battle. But as she just sang, he's my defender. Every one of us in this room has this nature that when someone attacks, we fight back. Every one of us. And what we need to understand today is the battle is not yours. It's it's, it's God's It's God's battle. The enemy's not after you. He's, in, he's after what's inside of you. He's after what you carry. And if, he can, if the enemy can prevent you from reaching the place where God is trying to lead you to, then he has won. The enemy is already defeated. He can't gain any ground other than what we as the church give up. Hello. And so it's time for the church to stand in the gap for people who are less fortunate, people who are, 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 are more weak. It's time for the church to stand in the gap and go, you can't have our city. You can't have our community. You can't have our school. You can't have our kids. Maybe I need to wear camo every Sunday because it's, it's, got, it's got a little something going. It's got me jacked. Well, if the battle's the Lord's, why are you wearing camo? 
because I'm ready for whatever God wants, whatever role he wants me to play. And it signifies to the enemy that I'm not a pansy and I mean business. You can't have the kids in our school. You can't have the families in our city. Those people that we're getting ready, I mean, dude, it, it's going to be 1,500, close to 2,000 people today. And they may never come in this building. And we're not doing that so they will come. They may never experience God's love in a more purest form than what they will feel today. I'm just telling you because I know what you carry. I know, what's, I, know what is, I know what culture we've created in this house. It's why we get reports week after week after week as, as Becky, who is kind of, uh, Becky Tyson, who's kind of stepped into an executive role here at the ministry. We don't have a church office yet, but there's lots of things that have to be done as the ministry continues to grow. And, and the days of the pastor doing all of it are over. Amen. <laughs> My dad told me before he passed, when we transitioned, he said, um, when we transitioned the, the leadership role, he said, you can't do everything. So you've noticed there are moments that I'm backing off and there are other moments that I'm, 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 I'm jacked and I'm going ahead. But week after week, we get people who say, and I'm taking up my time just bragging on God, but week after week, we get people who go, I've never experienced the love like I have when I walk into that building. And that is you guys. So I commend you guys and I honor you today. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. This is what I opened up this collection of talk with two weeks ago. And I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in. It should be on the screen for you. Matthew 6, 33 says this. Seek the kingdom above, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Above all else, seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Above all else, seek the kingdom. Yes, I know there's more to that verse. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. <coughs> above all else, seek the kingdom. Above any fad, above any, anything that's going on in society, seek the kingdom of God above all else. If we would just do that, a lot of our problems, it doesn't mean our problems are going to go away. It just means that we're going to see our problems differently. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need if we seek the kingdom of God above all else. Listen, no matter what your issue is, no matter what you're going through today and right now in this moment, the answer to your problem is found in one promise and one promise only, and it is this. We have his presence. That, that video just said it at the very end. He said, I will be with you even to the ends of the age. Once you accept Jesus into your heart and you begin transitioning some things in your life and, and pattern your life more after Christ and less like all these pe people in <laughs> these actors and, 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 and musicians and, and all these glamours. And when we start trying to be more like Christ and less like the world, If you'll seek the presence of God, this is what I'm saying. If you'll seek the presence of God, God will take care of the rest. When you're dealing with a situation and you don't know what, what you're going to do, seek the wisdom of God. Not the wisdom necessarily of your friends and your family. Seek the wisdom of God. Every one of us in this room are being faced with a situation or circumstances that we don't know what's next. We don't know what's going to happen. Listen, anxiety and anxiousness is of the devil. Fear is faith in the wrong thing. I say that all the time. 
fear and faith aren't different. Fear is just having faith in the wrong thing. You got more faith in the fear of wondering what's going to happen versus faith in what God has already told you, and that is I'll never leave you. In this collection of talks, I told you we were going to deal with three different situations, three different groups of people who were all being faced with a set of circumstances that put them in a place that they had no idea what they were going to do. And anybody ever been there before? Like you're in a set of circumstances, and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. What, what, what am, what's, what's tomorrow face? Look, tomorrow will take care of itself. Let's, let's focus on today. One day at a time. You remember that old song? One day at a time. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, Pastor B knows that stuff. The first story that we looked at, and we're not going to go back there, but it was in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. And the story breakdown was you had this group of bad people and you had a group of good people. They were God's people. They, they, they were um, the Israelites. And, and the bad people were trying to overthrow and take over the good people. That's normally how it is, right? But the good people had a man of God in their, in their camp. His name was Elisha. He was a prophet. And every time the bad guys came up with a plan, God spoke to Elisha. Elisha went to the king and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what their plan is. So this is how we're going to handle it. This is how we're going to respond. And, and their plan was foiled. And so after that happened multiple times, the bad guys figured out, hey, you know what? In order to overtake them and get the end game, how many know the end game? The, the enemy has an end game for your life. He's not trying to give you a headache. He's trying to kill you. And he said, the only way we're going to make this happen is if we take out the man of God first. And so the man of God also has a servant. So they came up with this plan. They surrounded Elisha and the servant. The servant walks out. The servant is like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm going to be this prophet's right-hand man. Anybody ever been in a place where you feel like you're doing all the right things, but all the wrong things keep happening? Hello. It's like you're just hitting your head against a wall. And so he takes a peek outside the tent. And what he sees is the army is surrounding them. And he starts freaking out like many of us do. Oh, my gosh, tomorrow's Monday. What's going to happen? Oh, my gosh, what, what, all, this, da, 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 all this stuff. What are we going to do? And the, and, the, and the prophet said, listen, calm down. And he prayed a prayer and he said, open the eyes of my servant so that he can see. And at that moment, when his focus shifted off of what he was going through, he actually saw that there were, the angels were encamped around about behind, circling the army that was trying to take them out. That for us today is, you may be faced with something, but if you will get your eyes off of what is coming at you and look at the, the ones that are around you supporting you, those numbers are much greater than anything the enemy can, can throw at you. So, so what's interesting about this story to me, guys, is this. Both people, the prophet and the servant, are both in the middle of the exact same situation, but they have two different perspectives. One is active, activating off of faith, and because he has, he has, he's got a word from God, and the other one is fearful, and he's responding out of fear. How many of us respond out of fear? Right? One's focusing on the problem, the other's focusing on God's presence. One has anxiety, one has peace. What was the game changer? It was when the servant shifted his focus off of what was coming at him, and instead he saw that there was, a, there was, there was an army, angel army, that were, it was around the little bitty army. <laughs> Listen, the enemy ain't got jack squat in compared to God. And he, what's so funny is 
the, the devil is so jaded because he was once in heaven. He knows what's going on up there. And the, and the dummy still thinks he's going to take God. Please. Please. That's why we've got to be smarter. Because the fact that the devil could have draw, could, 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 uh, uh, draw one-third of the angels from heaven, which are the demons of today, I'm not trying to go real, real deep, but the fact that he can mislead angels, you, think he, you don't think he can't come after us and mislead us? And he'll even use, he'll even use people in, in the church to cause you to go astray. The devil knows the Bible. He can quote it better than most Christians. That's why you got to be careful who you open up your life to. Just because they profess to be a Christian, you shall know them by their fruit. So the second story, that was the first story. The second story that I want us to look at is in Joshua chapter 1. You can go ahead and turn there. I'll give give you just a, a little breakdown real quick. Joshua is struggling. His mentor, Moses, just died, and they've been, they've been, um, they have been mourning for about a month. And now God puts a call on Joshua's life and says, you're in a moment of transition. You're going to lead my people across the Jordan River at flood time. That's a whole nother story and a whole nother miracle. And, and he said, you're going to lead them into the promised land, which Moses couldn't even do for 40, for, it took 40 years to get them to where they were, and he never even did it. Can you imagine what Joshua was thinking? I mean, have you ever, has, has God ever given you a game plan and you go, I have so many unanswered questions. Like, what are we going to do? What, what, what's, the, my, what's my next? And God's like, that's okay. I'm just going to keep on reminding you that way that, that, that the way that you do things when you don't know what's happening is just focus on my presence. Let's go there. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua... I can hear my dad calling Josh, my brother. Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 says this. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for, the, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Isn't it funny that we just, he keeps repeating that? Be strong and courageous? Because sometimes, just because God said it one time doesn't mean we're going we're gonna to hold on to it. He has to keep saying it over and over and over. I know all about that. Amy has to tell me stuff over and over and over. And I'm like, why do you keep telling me? Because you keep forgetting. She's not even paying attention in church. She, she missed that one. So that's okay. You're, you're okay, I'm, I'm just, okay, I'm going to keep moving. Listen, he said, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. You want to be successful in everything you do? Stop turning to the right and to the left and taking detours. Yeah, but there's something in front of me. It'd probably be better if I go around. It would be more convenient if I went around. Is that hitting home with anybody? Or is that just me? If I see an obstacle, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want no part of that. I'm, I'm, I'm going this way. Y'all know when y'all see that, that person in Walmart, you're like, Mm-mm. no, that's, that's sister drama. That's sister drama. I'm not, I don't need no part of that because you ask them how they're doing, and they just, this, everything falls out, right? No, there's a reason why you went to Walmart at that exact same time, and you're down the exact same aisle that sister drama's on. 
because you carry something that can help her. Hello. Yeah, but I got my own drama. Yeah, but if you'll get your eyes off of your stuff and start helping somebody else, God will get, cause you to forget about yours and see that he's been with you the whole time. Did I finish that one? Joshua 9 says, this is my commandment. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I don't know who this is for today, but I'm sure it's more than just me in the house. Listen, do not be afraid or discouraged. Regardless of what your circumstances are, regardless of what you're facing, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let me just jump on down to Joshua 3, 7. It says this. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make, a, make you a great leader in the eyes of all, is, of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks, remember they're supposed to be crossing the, the, the Jordan River. When you reach the banks of the river, take a few steps into the river and stop there. God was saying, take the Ark, which represents my presence. Everybody say, I have a promise, have a promise. In, his in his presence. Okay, so he says, take the Ark of the Covenant, which represents my presence, and put it in front of you so that every time you feel like you're going to drown, because remember, he, he, asked, he told them, you're going to cross in the middle of flood season, and every time you feel like you're going to drown, you can remember that I am with you. Why? He said, put the Ark, it's the most precious and the most valuable Peace. He said, put it out in front of you so that no, ma no matter what's coming around you, the floods, you can see that I am with you. Amen. I am with you. Man, I, I want so bad for us to get, because we get this, we, there's so much of our problems. Again, they're not going to go away, but we're going to see them differently. We're going to see that it's not going to take me out because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And God is saying, he said to them, listen, I want, I, back then, I want you to remember that I am with you. And he is saying to us today that every time you don't have an answer, what's going to happen? What's, what's my future going to look like? This is what he wants. He said, I want, I wish, I, I want you to remember that I am with you. The next time that that thing that you've been planning fails or falls apart or falls through, just remember it's going to be okay because I am with you. Am I talking to anybody up in here today? Because we're always quick to respond to God, but God, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't, I don't know what my, my next step is supposed to be. And God says, it's not important. <laughs> it's not, your next step is not important. Everything that God asks us to do is based on our, our trust in him and our trust for him and our trust of him. Because we, whether you admit it or not, we are all, I don't want to necessarily say the word micromanagers, but we're all managers of our lives. When we moved out of mom and dad's house, we became managers of our lives. And so to turn that over to a God we cannot see, it's, it's, it's all by faith. It's all by faith. God says, it's not important. All you need to know is that there is power in my presence, and my presence is my promise to you that I am with you always. The thing about this story that you need to see is this. God reminds Joshua before the battle. He reminds Joshua during his battle, during the fight, 
And in chapter 4, if we continue to read, we would see where God reminds Joshua after the battle, I am with you always. See, I was having this conversation with one of our leaders this week, and I said, see, we, we feel like the absence of chaos is peace. Would you not agree? The absence of chaos, that's peaceful. Listen, a third of your life is preparing or, 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 or is preparing to go into battle. Another third of your life is going through a battle. And the, the last third of your life is, is coming out of a battle, preparing for the next battle. When you graduate from kindergarten, it's not over, <laughs> baby. It's just beginning. You graduate to first grade. What am I saying? It's second grade all the way to 12th. And then when you graduate, whether you do college or, or whatever, there's, it's still, <laughs> you're still going to walk through a battle. Amen. But the battle is not ours. It belongs to the Lord. Amen. After the battle, I, I say it a battle, but after they did, after they crossed the Jordan, God told them to take some rock from the riverbed and build a memorial so that they would always remember when they passed by that spot, they would remember this is where God delivered us. This is where the promise of God actually activated and we crossed and did exactly what he said was going to happen. It happened. What am I saying? You need to put up some, some memory moments in your life where God, where God brought you through something. Where you at, Stephen? Smith, man, he's been part of the ministry for years. He's in Tennessee now, and he, and he, I'm not trying to call you out. I know I told you that I'm proud of you. God is proud of you. And remember the moments where God saw you through and never forget those moments. Because you're going to face another moment. Wow, that was encouraging, right? But when you remember that God didn't fail you, he didn't leave you. Yes, the blows were bad and it was a tough season. You just remember that God fights for you and you are not alone. You hear me, young man? Hey, you hear me? Yeah. I would never, we have a relationship where somebody's like, oh my God, he called. I ain't making God contact with the pastor. He'll call you out. No, 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 no. There's a reason you're here today. There's a reason why this message, the third part is being spoke today. I had no idea you were coming today. No idea you were in town. But God did. Listen, they didn't have to know the details. All they needed to know was that God's presence was there and they experienced the power of God in his presence. And God wants to remind all of us today, before you step into battle, I want you to know this, that I am with you. While you're in the fight, I want to remind you, I am with you. And after the fight, I want you to know I'm still there. I think what God really wanted Joshua to understand was this. Joshua, you can have peace before the battle, and you can have peace in my presence. You can have peace while you're in the battle, before the battle, in the battle, and you can have peace, my peace, after the battle. But like I said, we typically associate the peace of God after we've come through a battle. That's when we feel like we're experiencing the, the calmness and the peace of God is after the battle. No, my friend, you can experience the peace of God when you're in the middle of a fight. Amen. 
I saw this in my dad's life over and over and over and over growing up when everything around him was shifting and and just going crazy. My dad was forever constant. Why? Because he had the peace of God's presence and he walked with him daily. I want to get to that way. I'm not there. I fail miserably. You let something go sideways and I will lose my head. It's like, I, 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 I mean, I'm crazy. I want to be like, it don't matter what's coming, what, what craziness is happening. I will not be moved. Not in my emotions, not in my mind, because I walk in the presence of God. And I do. Well, then what's the problem? Because I'm focusing on what's going on rather than the one that's in control of it all. Somebody say, I have a promise. Ah, I wanted to be done. Final moment. Here we go. Final moment that I, that I want us to look at together is the very last thing that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. For those of you who have been around church, you already know I'm talking about the Great Commission. What is that? Where he said, and we saw it on the video, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you. Matthew 28, 18, you can turn there with me if you want. I'm going to read this for you. Matthew 28, 18 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, this is the very last thing that Jesus told to us before he he left. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of All the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Have you ever been in a moment where you've lost a loved one and you knew that it was going to, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, In other words, you knew that they were going to pass. It wasn't a surprise. And you had that last conversation. You're not talking about the weather. You're talking about heart stuff. Anybody ever had those moments? Where you you just, listen, there's something very important about what the the very last thing that you said to that loved one. or Or that that loved one said to you. So think about, Jesus knew this. And he made the very last thing that he said to the disciples then, and he's saying to us today, hey, go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to be with you always, even to the ends of the age. And he was saying it because he knew that life was going to be full of, of, of highs and lows. He knew that life was going to be full of struggles. He knew that we were going to go through heartache. And because we, because I, even though I have unanswered questions that are paralyzing, he knew that. We were going to have questions that were going to like, we don't know what to do. We don't, and we, we get paralyzed because we don't have the answer. But we do carry the answer. And his name is Jesus. Amen. He said, I want you to know in closing I want you to know that I am with you always. Good days, bad days. I am with you. It's the answer to all of our problems, church. This is a simple message. I basically just kept repeating myself. Because you need to know tomorrow, you're not alone. 
what you're facing, you're not alone. And I, I just felt like it was important to look at three different stories, three different groups of people who were being faced with a situation. They didn't know what the next step was going to be, but God wanted them to be reminded, I'm with you. The answer to all of our problems is to get into his presence and let his power change the game. I want to leave you with one scripture. Acts chapter 3. Verse 17 through 20. This was Peter teaching in the temple after the crucifixion and after the resurrection, which we will celebrate together next Sunday. He said, friends, I realize that you, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come. The reason we can't find refreshment, refreshing is because we're dabbling in the pleasures of sin. He said, then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. What's standing in your way? What's standing in your way today? What are you, what are you saying, Brad, Pastor B? What's preventing you from experiencing all that God has for you? What's preventing you from experiencing the peace of God? What's preventing you from walking in His peace, being a peace carrier? What are the areas of your life that you control that you don't allow God to be a part of? Because God don't want just a little. He wants all. He wants all. And if you're here today and you say, I want to give him all. If you're here today and you want to give him all. Would you just slip your hand up all over this room? Just say, I got some things that I've been managing, but I need, I need, I need to give that to him. Me too. Me too. If you have anything in your life, the Bible calls it sin. What's that? It's anything that the Bible says not to do that we do, do. That's sin. And it is so easy. It just says to repent of your sins. Repent doesn't mean apologize because you feel bad about it. The part of feeling bad is the conviction. You're supposed to feel bad about it. And it's the conviction of God, not, my, not me speaking in a con con condemning way. It's the conviction of God that draws men to repentance and to change. 
And I'm just telling you, God, God wants the very best for your life. And I'm not going to stand up here and list a bunch of sins because, but I can tell you that if you know that there's something in your life that, that doesn't please God, right here in this moment with every head bowed and every eye closed, in your own way, I'm not even going to lead you in a prayer. I'm just telling you, if you know there's some things, you just, repenting means I'm, cha- I'm going to change The reason we don't have more from God is because we have a lot of us that we got to get rid of so he can move in. And you can just simply say, God, I repent of this. God, you already know. I'm, 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 just, I'm just throwing this out here, church. Because see, sometimes we, we feel like, well, I got to wait till Sunday and, I, and then the pastor's got to, you know, throw your hand up, one, two, three, shoot your hand up. Got to lead me in a prayer. No, it's simple. Just like what we're doing right here. Just simple. No church, no churchy church stuff. You can just be in your car and go, God, yeah, I blew that. I, I just messed up. And I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I repent. See, we try to make, we try to make this way too, too complicated. If you're here today and you say, yeah, I got some things I need to make right, just tell him right in your, right in your own way, under your breath, just, God, I'm so sorry. I repent. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Help me to break from this addiction. This website that I've been going to, God, help me to get through this. Help me to, help me, to help change my, change my flavor, change my taste buds. May the things of this world not be attracted to me. Just having an open conversation with you, God. I repent. From this day forward, I change. I change my mind. I change my ways. Create in me a clean heart, God. Put a new spirit in me. Change my attitude, God. Help me to stop being angry. I want to live for you. I know it's not going to be easy, but I know you're with me. And I know you're not going to leave me. And I trust you. And if you're here today and you've been faced with some crazy circumstances don't know what your next move is don't know what the future holds I'm confident of this when you stay in his presence hear me you don't know what tomorrow holds but he already is holding your tomorrow trust him But it's scary. I need to know. No, the only thing you need to know is God is in control. Hear me. I'm not dragging out the time. I'm listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of me right now that's telling someone. It could be more than one. You don't need to know the details. Trust me. But trust me in my presence. See, it's hard to trust him when you're outside of his presence.
So, Father, we trust you today. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.